Welcome to Scenes of Beauty, a platform that is here to empower you to be your most authentic self and celebrate your own version of beauty, whatever that might be. I'm Chloe and I'm making it my mission to help you find and live your truest selves by connecting you with people that I believe live on their own terms. Each week, I sit down with guests that are all designed to show you that beauty comes in all shapes and sizes, and it means something completely different to every single one of us. Scenes of Beauty is a relatively new platform, so I wanted to ask you all a little favour. My aim is to reach as many people as possible with my weekly episodes, and the only way that I can do that is with your help. So if you're enjoying listening to the podcast and taking things away from it, please hit the subscribe button, share with friends and follow me on Instagram. It really helps with growing the podcast, which in turn helps me to get bigger guests and share their stories even further. Danielle Gilbert is a content creator in the beauty space that has built a substantial following of people who love her glam looks. But above all, have an appreciation for Danny not being scared or ashamed to show who she is. Danny has alopecia and as she should, fully embraces and accepts it. She's one of the most refreshing and positive people I've met in a really long time. She's completely comfortable in her own skin. But more than that, I believe that Danny has and continues to create a safe space online that welcomes people in and encourages them to feel empowered to be exactly who they are. In this conversation, we delve into every area of alopecia and how it's affected Danny's life, from being diagnosed and how it's affected her mentally to how she has learned to become confident through it. What Danny is doing, and something I really hope this episode does, is something super powerful in that it gives perspective on how and why to be happy in ourselves. Please, please take note of what Danny says and use it to feel empowered and inspired to accept yourself exactly as you are. Here's Danny's version of beauty. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Hi, Danny. Hi. How are you? I'm good. Good. Um, thank you for coming on. We are at your home in, are we in County Durham? Yeah, County Durham. <laughs> I'm like, I know I came to Newcastle and I know I got an Uber and I was very late, but where am I? <laughs> um, but yeah, so Danny, you are a content creator. Um, 
Well, do you want to introduce yourself and, yeah. and share about you? Yeah, so I'm 24 mm-hmm. from Newcastle. I'm living in County Durham at the minute. Um, I'm originally from Newcastle, as I've just said. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I'm a content creator part-time. I do also work full-time, but content creation is where I want to go, where I want to be. Yeah. Um, so I work into that. But yeah. yeah, that's what I do. Yeah, <laughs> and your content is beauty focused and then obviously you have alopecia so you share a lot about that as well or I guess do you share a lot about that because it's just a part of who you are yeah exactly so with social media how it all started was I loved makeup so one day I was just like right I'm just gonna create a makeup page I'm just gonna go for it and it sort of to like, it was the beauty side of it, but because I was open with posting without a wig and I would do my makeup without a wig, without anything on my face at all, um, it started to attract people with alopecia and that kind of audience because they were so surprised to see someone so open about it, I suppose. So yeah. it is the beauty side of things, but it's also attracted the alopecia side of things. And that's where it's all like spiralled into awareness of it unintentionally but intentionally now um and yeah so it's beauty alopecia yeah stuff yeah okay so let's talk about alopecia and because you got that when you were around you were diagnosed when you were around two or three yeah so just share like your story or how that was growing up and what you've experienced yeah so it it started when I was around one and a half so my mom noticed about a 20 pence pizza piece patch on the top of my head um and she also noticed like my hairline on the back of my head was really high mm-hmm. so she thought it was like oh potentially I have ponytails a bit too tight or something like that but then when she started to notice the patches um she took me to the doctors and they were just like very dismissive of it mm-hmm. um they weren't that great and they kind of just treat us if she was just being really fussy about things mm-hmm. and just like a bit over the top um, and they just were like, oh, it's baby alopecia, it'll go away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, it didn't go away. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just got worse and worse and worse. And I think mm-hmm. it was like around three where I was officially diagnosed with alopecia areata at the time. Mm-hmm. So there's a few different kinds of alopecia you can get. Um, I started with alopecia areata, which is the patches. Um, but I still had eyelashes. I still had hair on my head, but obviously it was patchy. Mm-hmm. Um, I still had eyebrows, body hair, all of that. Um, and then over the years, it just developed and got worse and worse. And eventually all the patches on my head. So yeah, around six, I think it was. That's when the patches kind of were all just formed into one. And mm-hmm. I had like tiny little strands of hair. Like it just wasn't great. It was given like... <laughs> I don't know what the vibes are, but not great. <laughs> um, but I suppose you just like, at that age and growing up with it, it was just like accepting that it's not going to come back. Like it's only getting worse. Yeah. So everyone does it. And I've spoke to so many people with alopecia and they hold on to their hair for so long, whether it looks awful mm-hmm. or you'd look better without, like you just hold on for it. And yeah. that's not a problem. I feel like just hold it onto it as much as you want and when you're ready then shave it off basically if you want that is but it's all in Mm. your own time and that's what I've learned growing up is just doing it at my own pace whenever I'm comfortable and I had like my mum and dad and such a supportive network around us growing up yeah that I felt like I could 
do things at my own pace. If I wanted to go out without a wig, do that. If I wanted to wear a wig, do that. But it was all up to me. Yeah. And they made us feel like loved and accepted and everything just as I was growing up. Whether yeah. I had hair or not, it really didn't matter. Yeah. Um, and it was so hard for them as well to have to kind of figure it out when there wasn't anything there for them mm-hmm. to like know anything about it or how to help us at all. So it was just a case of them figuring out and them being okay for me to be okay. Yeah. Um, because obviously growing up that young, you look to your parents for guidance and things like that. So it was very hard on them, but that's why I am the way I am today, just because of them and yeah. how they brought us up with it. Um, but after, I've, I think it was like six when I shaved my head, um, I started wearing wigs um, and I didn't always wear wigs though like I didn't wear them to just hide or anything like that mm-hmm. I just wear them when I wanted um, and I think when I went into high school I spent all of my high school years without hardly ever wearing a wig just couldn't be bothered you know mm-hmm. you just want to get up have as much sleep as possible <laughs> <laughs> not have to get ready and put a wig on Um yeah. So yeah, I went to high school like that, but it was an all girls school, so in my head it was a bit easier, because you don't have to go to impress anyone or anything like that, you can just roll up and look awful, and it's fine. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, and then from there, I think it was around 13, 14, that's when I started to lose my eyebrows, they kind of went like half an eyebrow at a time. Mm-hmm. Um, and then same with my lashes the year after. And that was definitely the hardest, losing my lashes, because yeah. I don't know, I just feel like it... I'm not bothered about having no hair on my head, but when it comes to my lashes, I really was. Um, and I feel like everyone who has alopecia will say the exact same thing, just because, yeah. I don't know, I feel like it makes you look healthy if you've got some... Like, it gives you a feature or... I don't know, like, I felt like I looked ill without eyelashes. Yeah. So it was, that was the hardest part in learning to accept that, I suppose. Yeah. Um, and going to uni as well, not too long after that, that was really hard. Um, I probably struggled with that the, the most out of my whole journey, I would say, which was yeah. really surprising to me because I'm fine with it. And, like, I go about my daily life like this. And, yeah, I don't know, I was just, like... I think I struggled because it was a whole new environment, yeah. mix of boys and girls, loads of people I didn't know. I was living at home. Most people like had a friend who they lived with in college or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I just found it really hard. Like I'm not the most outgoing person, which probably surprises you because of mm-hmm. the content creation. Yeah, um, a lot of a lot of talent and, and content creators that I speak to are, are quite introvert. It's mm-hmm. interesting. Yeah, and I don't even know like. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say I'm an awkward person. Like, I can have a nice one-to-one conversation with mm-hmm. someone, but when it's a group of people, I'm just so yeah. intimidated and I'm just not about that. Um, <laughs> I'm just really not. Um, so I, I think I just struggled with that. And literally my first day of uni, I went to, like, this freshers event and I was, like, feeling positive because I went and collected my ID and stuff on the morning. Everyone was super nice. And I went with my dad, like, he took us in. Um, and I was like, oh, I might just go then. Like, I'll just go to the freshers event, see what it's like. And I came back, like, an hour later and I cried. I was like, oh, that was awful. Oh, it was just man. so awkward. And, like, I don't know, like, I just, oh, no. It just wasn't great. And I already felt a bit conscious. And there's always the issue of, like, how do you... That's one thing, is how do I introduce myself do I introduce them 
without the wig, without makeup, yeah. or do I introduce myself with a wig and then do the big reveal at some point? Yeah. So I feel like if I'm not, I feel better introducing myself without a wig, without makeup, because mm-hmm. then there's nothing to hide from the very start. Yeah. And people know, and there's no big reveal or whatever. Yeah. Because it is a shock to some people, and I do think um, my two images so without a wig, without makeup, compared to with wig and makeup, can be very drastic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I don't blame people, and a lot of the time I'm not, like, people don't realise it's me, mm-hmm. um, which is fine, but it's, it's just awkward having to do that reveal, and, like, you've spoke to someone one day, and then they don't know who you are the next, just because of my image. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy, and it's just awkward, and I'm just, uh, yeah, I hated that about it. Mm-hmm. So I struggled in uni. Um, yeah. Yeah. But I graduated, so it's fine. We got yeah. there. <laughs> yeah. What did you study? Uh, law. Did you? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I know. Mm. So random. Isn't Things it? fascinate me. <laughs> it's just interesting, isn't it? So that was uni. And then, did you go to uni in Durham, you said? Yeah. Durham. Okay. So you stayed at home. Did you live in halls? No, I stayed at home. Yeah. Because it's not far from here. So I just travelled in and at the time I was a swimmer. So mm-hmm. I'd done competitive swimming and I was like committed to that as well. So I had that lifestyle to mm-hmm. keep up as well as go to uni. So yeah. it was just easier to be at home. Yeah, yeah. So when, and then that's obviously transpired and manifested into content creation as you've got, mind you, I guess, when did you graduate? Probably not too um, long ago. Yeah, it was like 2019, I yeah. think. Yeah, okay. Um, so let's just go back to being a child and like being at school and because obviously you looked a little bit different to your friends and your peers um and equally you said a really interesting thing about your parents like I guess from a outside perspective you only ever think of the person that it's affecting and not the people around them like how do parents deal with and how did they speak to you about do you do you remember them saying you know like this is the situation or like what what was there ever anything like that or did Um, they communicate to you yeah like there was points that I can briefly because I was so young like it's hard to remember most of it and sometimes I have to ask my mom and she's told us things that I didn't even know yeah or like know that happened um but like growing up, it I can remember some points, um, and it was mainly like because my dad would be at work, um, and my mom would kind of look after me and and mm-hmm. the kids and whatnot, um, and I can remember a few moments where it's just like me and my mom, and like I'm upset about something, then she's crying with us, and we're both just crying together. <laughs> so it's quite like true that every tear. I said she did as well, if you know what I mean. Yeah, so she yeah. felt it as much as I did. Um, but yeah, I, I think it was just... Like, I can't remember. Like, there wasn't any, like, key turnaround stages or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just, like, them just allowing me to be who I wanted to be. And yeah. made, made sure I knew that it's fine either way. Like, yeah. if you don't want to wear a wig, don't wear one. Like, it doesn't yeah. matter what anyone else thinks. As long yeah. as I'm okay, then that's fine. Yeah. Um, And that was so key, I think, like, being so young and especially going through the stages of, like, key ages where you're just finding your identity a bit and, yeah. like, you start to become your own person, going into adulthood, mm-hmm. those kind of stages. Yeah. Like, I felt like I was prepared for them then because I knew 
like I could be whoever I wanted to be. It didn't really matter. Yeah. Um, as long as like I've got the people around us who love us, and that's all that matters. Yeah. Um, Do you feel like you had to grow up quicker than you needed to? You, just with you saying, you know, you you felt prepared for some stuff that maybe. I'm, I'm speaking, I'm quite a late bloomer, like it takes me a long time to get used to anything, any change, and I'm quite slow to react at things. Mm-hmm. But it sounds like you kind of were maybe a bit of ahead of the game when it came to, you know, like it's tough being a teenager anyway. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, I suppose so. Um, I definitely became a lot more conscious of other people and other people's actions and I can spot a mile off if someone's saying something about us yeah. or like you can just tell people's body language and yeah. like if they're about to say something or staring at it so I'm definitely overly conscious of that and I notice it a lot easier yeah um I don't know whether that's a good thing or a bad thing though <laughs> like yeah but how does that affect you because I'm sat here with you and you know we've only just met today but you obviously create content about it and you seem like you feel really confident and comfortable in who you are and in your own skin and maybe that's partly down to your parents but also you just embracing who you are which is mm-hmm. it's actually quite empowering like it's it's really cool like I, I think it's really cool mm-hmm. but I guess like girls at school and and you know noticing people looking at you because you whatever obviously don't have hair on your head some of the time do you, were you like was that tough going through school like were there times where you were like called names or like picked on or mainly the name calling was when I was in primary school, so a yeah. lot around a lot of younger people. Yeah. Um, which I know is gonna happen. Like I've I've not been bullied to a yeah, sense. Yeah. Like I've not been through that, which is good. Yeah, yeah. Um because yeah. I think that would have traumatised us a lot. Yeah. Um but I definitely had like name calling and things like that. And to be honest, the middle stages of my life up to now haven't been that bad because um like through it I think it really helped going to an all-girls school Mm because like there wasn't like boys yeah (laughs) and I feel like a lot of the time they would be the worst of it and it would to be fair I think it would shock us it shocked us a lot more it hurts us a lot more if I see comments from women because I think like women yeah we should be doing better do you I, know totally I, mean? re- I totally relate to that yeah like, I hate women calling other women it's, it's so unnecessary it really is I've seen like a comment today and it really riled us because like yeah. I don't I get so many like this is where I'm going with it so <laughs> middle <laughs> stages of my life are like I've been okay school wise and things like that but like yeah. getting into the social media side of things is like a whole different ball game with mm-hmm. it um and like so like because I haven't had that much name calling or anything like that, or neither initial stages, because it wasn't even that much. Mm-hmm. But then getting on social media, like you expose yourself to a lot more people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Um, I've seen the most hate or the most like name calling because of social media. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, it only started like maybe a year or two into it all mm-hmm. um so I hadn't really had that much bad comments but then yeah. obviously now it's just never ended <laughs> yeah um and and did you when you started social media because obviously you started it as a makeup page first and foremost but did you think or sit down and, and have a think about what could potentially happen it happen here I'm opening myself up to 
a whole other world? Like, was that scary? Did you, was it even mm-hmm. something that you thought about? I mean, sometimes it is. Like, I have moments where I'm like, oh, this is a little bit overwhelming. Yeah. <laughs> because, like, you, you don't realise the scale of things. Like, mm. obviously, you look at a number, it's a huge number. But when you sit and think about how many people that actually is, that's mm. kind of scary. Yeah. And I do feel like there's a lot of... a like there's a cancel culture out there and it's awful it's horrible and I just feel like people are waiting for you to slip up or do something wrong and it's like that's the scary part about it Mm. and it's scary me being so vulnerable about who I am and my image that like potentially one day someone will just use that against us so there's moments like that that I do get but there's also like the side of it where it's so rewarding and I see so many comments of how I've helped people and things like that so yeah 100% outweighs it any of the the doubts that I would potentially have yeah and I think I think it is like there you're right there is always people that are not going to be on your side like that's just life and I also think there's an element of especially in the UK like people don't want to see people doing well and like I think I don't know how you feel but for me, like, if you're doing something that you enjoy, i.e. this podcast and, like, building a community or whatever online, do do doing whatever you feel passionate about, like, it kind of overrides it. Like, it doesn't get rid of it. And you mm-hmm. obviously still have those days where you're like, oh, I feel a bit shit or, like, someone said a shitty comment. Mm-hmm. But because you have a bigger passion and a bigger picture and a bigger goal, it kind of outweighs it. Does that yeah, make sense? Definitely, yeah. Because I, I, I just think... People who comment, like, bad things, um, it's like, I don't know, there's obviously something going on in their life for them to yeah. feel like they've got to put someone else down, basically. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's good. I do love it, of course, but... And I do, like, I love helping people in terms of... Because I just think about, like, myself when I was younger, mm-hmm. and there was nothing there to yeah. help at all. And, like, even, for example, you watch people on YouTube, which I, I do and I have done... But I'd never seen anyone who had alopecia. So I basically, this is kind of in a way how I got yeah. into makeup so much is because I had to learn how to do my eyebrows and I was watching people who already had eyebrows. Mm-hmm. So it didn't fully relate to me. Yeah. And and that was what the beauty community was like. Mm-hmm. Um, there wasn't anyone who looked like me out there yeah. involved in beauty or whatever you want to call beauty nowadays. Yeah. Um, so it's definitely moved a long way, but at the time it was it was hard. So that's kind yeah. of why, like a motivation, a way to do what I want to do. So yeah. people feel a bit more represented, not alone, yeah. basically. Oh, what do you think that, that is? Because I guess a lot of people with alopecia or... Not even just alopecia, but any other condition or acne or en- like anything, mm-hmm. like wider picture. There's always a set, an element of shame or that people should feel ashamed or that they should hide away or that they're less than others because of a certain situation mm-hmm. or something. Um, and it doesn't even have to be a physical thing, like a feeling or a breakup or, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't seem to have that or... I might be wrong, but that's just an assumption from what I'm kind of learning mm-hmm. as we talk. But why do you think that is? Why do you think... What was it in you that was made you so comfortable? Because is I've got... right? An, yeah. Way I, of putting it, anyway. Yeah, I know what you mean. I think it's because I've got no other choice but to. Yeah. So I just think, like, Good if... You. Yeah, I just think if I'm going to be, like, feeling sorry for myself or 
be unhappy about how I look, it's not something I can change or control at all. Yeah. So I'm going to be so miserable if I do live my life by that. And yeah. I think that's what it is. It is about like perspective and just thinking, all right, I can't change what's happening to us at all. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to have to ride it, ride the wave <laughs> and yeah, yeah, yeah. just live my life. Because if I, if you put it like this, if I let hair stop us from doing the things I want to do or achieving my dreams and goals, mm-hmm. how ridiculous does that sound yeah. at the end of the day? It's, it's hair. Like, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> do you know what yeah, I mean yeah. when you put it like that? Yeah. So it is just about having that perspective. That's not dismissing that it's hard and you have days where you feel conscious and mentally it can be a struggle, but so many people have insecurities yeah. and I know I'm not the only one basically. So yeah. I'd basically top and bottom as I don't want to live a miserable life yeah just because of something I can't control yeah that's really it's so refreshing I don't know if you hear this a lot but it's it's really refreshing because you know people feel so shit and hold themselves back for the most trivial things mm-hmm. like again two pounds or I've ate a burger you know like silly shit yeah and it's like <laughs> let's look at the bigger picture and the perspective and mm-hmm let's all move on exactly live your life yeah (laughs) I love how you've managed to turn something that other people would see as a negative or uh uh go into a state of depression or feel down about into something so positive and happy like it's Mm -hmm. so brilliant like it's really really amazing to see I'm kind of a bit lost for words I don't know yeah I know it is hard for people like I obviously I get it all the time oh how are you so confident like how do I be like that and it is hard but I think it's it's not gonna like happen overnight where you start to look at it and think this is brilliant like you just you won't think that automatically um (sighs) But the opportunities and stuff that I've had just from having no hair is crazy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it just shows you in that sense. Um, but I think with people, it is about like, it is a journey, definitely. It's not going to happen overnight. Mm-hmm. And it is just about like taking small steps to realizing and getting into that mindset where you, yeah. you're going to be okay, basically. Yeah. Um, yeah. And whether you want to try treatments, if you don't want to try treatments, that's absolutely fine. But everyone has their own journey with it and it's yeah. just about trusting the process and literally everything happens for a reason if you're you're going to be where you need to be at the end of the day so yeah, yeah yeah um there's not a huge amount of like data and like science behind alopecia I mean you obviously know more than me but is that how do you feel about that like is that because when I was looking at it I was like how is this so little to know mm-hmm but obviously, is that a frustration? Like, how? What's your experience or knowledge of that? Um. Well, there's not, like you said, there's absolutely not much out there all about mm-hmm. it. We don't really know why it's caused. There's no real successful treatments for it. Um. Yeah. Have you had? Have you tried treatments? I have. Yeah. When I was younger, we mm-hmm. did pretty much everything, <laughs> like yeah. herbal, spiritual, you name it. We've yeah. tried it. Yeah. The only thing we didn't try because I was so young was steroid injections mm-hmm. because yeah. they put it in your head, and no, yeah. I was just too young for that. Um, yeah. But to be honest, like looking at it now, I don't think I'd try any treatments that yeah. would cause any problems because I'm healthy at the end of the day so I don't want anything to affect that um 
so the science behind it, yeah, there's no like real studies that go into it or anything like that. Obviously, yeah. there's some stuff out there. A lot of people link it to genetics, stressful, traumatic events, things like that, but mm-hmm. none of them really relate to me. I mean, I have one other person in my family with alopecia, which is yeah. interesting. Yeah, so yeah. an element of it might be Because it's not genetic, genetic is it? No, yeah. it's not 100% genetic because basically I know a girl who's an identical twin, but only she has it. So okay. if it was fully yeah, genetic, yeah. they'd both have it basically. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there is like an element of something external that's happening, um, other than just genetics. But we don't know. Who knows? God knows yeah. what happens. Um, but I don't know how I feel about it because I understand in terms of a budget side of things, I'm not mm-hmm. gonna die, and you want to concentrate all your resources on people who are gonna die. Yeah. And I'm fine. I'm healthy. But then there's also the frustrating aspect of. A normal, healthy person mm-hmm. grows hair. Yeah. But I'm not, so yeah. why? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. it's curious. Like and it's... why is no one looking into... The... Why are we yeah. not doing more, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah. it's more like, although there's not the aspect of, I'm not going to die, there's the aspect of the mental side yeah. of things. Um, So mentally, it can be awful. Like, yeah. so... And you've experienced kind of mentally, how do I phrase it? You've, it's, it's affected you in a mental way. Yeah. 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 It's just like the self image, confidence, anxiety, things like that. Um, I'm not like depressed. I've never been depressed or anything like that about it, but I know loads of people can. Yeah. And it's horrible to think, um, and in that sense of things, maybe there should be more research and stuff mm-hmm. that goes into it to help those who mm-hmm. can't cope with it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, at the minute there's not. So yeah. we just have to deal with it, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. What would you say to someone who is, because I'm guessing a lot of other people, sweeping statement, but maybe girls more so than guys, because obviously a girl's hair can, can be a lot of... of their appearance mm-hmm. um but there must be some girls and maybe you've experienced this as well that just look in the mirror and feel sad or upset and they just feel a bit stuck at what do I do because I'm hiding who I am by wearing wigs or whatever and I just want to be me but I don't have the courage or confidence or self-belief quite yet to to get there mm-hmm. and I guess maybe you've you've experienced that yeah definitely and I th- I, like I said I think it is just a journey um and you, there is days where I've been like that and everyone's probably gonna feel that because at the end yeah. of the day it's right now it's not classed like it's not the stereotypical beauty standard we don't like how do I phrase it it's like I don't know like when you look at the stereotypical beauty standard for example skinny pretty nice long hair no spots perfect skin like I'm not that and Mm. I don't know that anyone is there I know you know I know even probably is but it's the fact of like it doesn't really matter no and (laughs) even those skinny long blonde hair whatever perfect on the outside they feel and have the same pressures as what we do like as what everyone does Mm -hmm. so Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. 
That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Again, perspective. It is, yeah. Yeah. Um, should we talk about wigs? Because you've got a hundred of them behind you. Yeah. <laughs> I am obsessed. I've been like, can I feel them? Can I touch them? What do I feel like? Is it real hair? But talk to us about that and like the journey of experimenting. And I guess mm-hmm. it's, oh, you've got a big smile on your face. <laughs> I guess it's like the most fun thing. Yeah. No, it is definitely. I think content creation side of things it's amazing (laughs) because I can create so many different looks and at the end of the day it is kind of like an art because I don't know I can literally look however I want it's yeah it's amazing I love it but there is the like I think I got my first wig when I was about six and wigs have developed so much since then what was that experience like getting a wig at the age of six um I was excited definitely to have like nice long hair I was like I want something that's really really long and <laughs> I was like that little girl that yeah because I was proper a girly girl always wore dresses I would never go out in pants and I just wanted like something like the longest thing ever so like I'd always like I'd find it really exciting and like going places with my new hair on like I'd love it (laughs) (laughs) and did you have different wigs then as well yeah a few different ones yeah um but then again it was like I know a lot of people with alopecia would struggle with this it's like as you go in places maybe if you're not as comfortable going without your wig but then you're conscious of oh well I've got to stick to this hair the whole time now yeah. because they're gonna know and yeah, yeah. <laughs> like there's that side of things but um no they've came a long way but the the main struggle with wigs is the price and are they expensive how much are they very expensive like some of them are like a thousand pounds really yeah fuck how do you yeah well content yeah. creation yeah. helps yeah, and, yeah 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 um but growing up like there was one point where like before I'd started content creation uh, there was one point where I just didn't have a wig and like that's awful to to like feel yeah, like at the end of the it. day as comfortable as I am I'm probably also as comfortable because I know I've got a wig there if yeah. I need it almost like a security blanket yeah basically and like I'm fine with who I am but I'm also happy yeah <laughs> that I've got that there so if I ever like there's situations even now where I go places where I'm around certain people and I don't feel as comfortable and I would just feel like I can express myself a lot more just relax a bit if I do have a wig on because I don't have to worry about that so to think that some people don't even have access to a wig or anything like that is awful so I think in a way that would should probably be the main focus in terms of like NHS funding and whatnot is just yeah. making sure people can have a wig or something. Did, is there anything in place? The, well, it's it's changed a lot since when I was young. So when I was young, we got a prescription and you could have like two wigs, for example, synthetic wigs every six months. Okay. 
but they don't last at all synthetic wigs um especially if you wear them every day then that's just not feasible at all so we me and my mom we went to the doctors and we basically had a fight for about five years to get um funding for one real head wig every two years so cost wise so two synthetic every six months would be eight synthetics every two years. Mm-hmm. Cost-wise, it would work out better for them to give us one real hair every two years. So that yeah. was our argument. Mm-hmm. And plus, they last so much longer. They just look better and all of that. Yeah. So I was lucky enough to get that approved. And um, I had that for a few years, but every single year, it just seemed to get harder and harder. Yeah. And we'd have to go to a board to contest it and... It's awful. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And like, so. And as a kid, that must be quite tough to, to go through as well. Yeah, like, not understand. Because you don't have the understanding at, at a young no, age, you know? I know. Again, it was just like all on my mum to sort it all out, really. Yeah. Which she didn't have any clue about it, but yeah. we got there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but some people are just stuck with getting, I think. It depends on location as well. So some places don't get any funding at all. Mm-hmm. Some places do, yeah. um, which is great. But some people are just left with nothing and they have to fork the money out themselves, yeah. which is horrible. And if you sometimes if you go through the NHS to get funding, the wigs that they can offer you aren't something that's going to make you feel comfortable, so it's yeah. pointless anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm lucky of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> to have all of these. Yeah. Um, but I, I do think it is something that needs a lot of work on for people because yeah. it's not fair at the end of the day. Imagine, like, if just to feel comfortable, you have to f- spend a thousand pound. Yeah. And yeah. not everyone has that. Yeah. So it's awful. Yeah. Um, not to, I'm keen to move off of the topic as well of, of alopecia because there's obviously, it's not something that defines you or like there's a lot more to you but just one last question on it and answer this in whatever way you want but how do you think it's manifested into other ways of your life in that you're 24 and you're a young woman and it's still I always find like our bodies change and like relationships are tough and Mm -hmm. social situations which you mentioned earlier but how do you think it's manifested or affected in both positive like it doesn't have to be a negative like tone but mm-hmm. um how yeah how do you think it's manifested into other areas of your life I don't know I feel like maybe relationships definitely mm-hmm. um obviously I've got a boyfriend now but it's the whole dating side of things is a total different ball game and yeah. if you're struggling with your self-confidence or loving yourself it's hard to allow someone in or believe that someone can love you if like if you can't accept who you are how can someone else basically so there's that side of things even now like me I've been with my boyfriend for four years like even there is some things that I still do struggle with with him and I don't know it's just like trusting the process and I've learned to like trust him and it's definitely helped that I know people say are you how can you let someone love you until you love yourself but Mm -hmm. him loving me has helped me love me as well yeah so yeah really good point yeah it just proves to me that I am lovable like what you're on about I'm fine (laughs) so that that's definitely something that's affected us um 
and again, like we said, social situations are some things that yeah. I'm just like, oh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but everyone is, I suppose. Yeah, like everyone yeah. has a sense of social insecurity or yeah. anxiety. Um, but yeah, probably just that. And I definitely think the the world that I'm living in now in terms of the social media, content creation side of things... Um, it helps us be a little bit more confident in myself um, yeah. and realise that I'm I'm doing good in a sense of helping people accept themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and seeing other people with alopecia inspires me as well. Yeah. So, like, I, I just think I'm obviously doing something for others if I'm so inspired. And I just love my Instagram feed because yeah. I just fill it with people who look, look like me and it's great. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, I, and I hear that and I think... Um, and also whatever it is, like someone said to me yesterday, I love, they love listening to this because I have, there's not just one type of person on, I don't just, I talk to people who embrace themselves, however that mm-hmm. is, whatever that is, like through whatever. And it's really interesting, like, especially like going on social media and it being a happy place. And even, I know you, you're talking about it in terms of your community on there and who you follow and stuff but even your feed feels like a really happy positive Mm -hmm. space which is really nice Mm -hmm. it is it's lovely and I just think that's probably a bit of advice I would definitely give to people is if you're struggling with your self-confidence or image just and if you're on social media a lot then fill it with people who look like you because if you're scrolling and all you see is something that you're comparing yourself to that you're never going to achieve then it's just going to make you feel awful so there's no point at all yeah have you had battles with that, like comparing yourself and, and again, we all do it, but have you, and it doesn't even have to be about comparing yourself, but do you have internal battles of like frustration or? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I mean, I probably don't know someone who doesn't, but yeah. yeah. Um, I, th- I think it is just about like, sometimes I'm like, oh, I just wish, like, I just wish I had this or I wish I looked like that or like for example wearing wigs is great but a lot of the time it's really hard to get them in a sleek back ponytail for example and I just can't I'll never be able to do that that's one thing like I'm like oh like I wish I could just feel the feeling of what it's like to just have a scrape back like ponytail and give yourself a facelift from your hair like (laughs) I'm never gonna be able to experience that or even like silly things of washing your hair in the shower like I'm, yeah. I'm never gonna be able to feel that which is it's so weird but it's just little things like that that I'm like hmm yeah it's annoying I'd love to just experience it once and then I'll go back to being me it's fine yeah <laughs> on the flip side there you don't have to have the pain of drying your hair and exactly whatever exactly. but yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> um on beauty let's talk about that mm-hmm. um where did that start? Tell me how you feel about beauty, why you love it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it'll probably touch on alopecia as well, but yeah. because a lot of me starting makeup or getting into makeup and my love for makeup was um, like learning how to have to do it because mm-hmm. it six like I had eyebrows, had eyelashes, but then at the key ages of like 14, 15, I, I lost them. And I was like, oh, I need to fill in this missing eyebrow gap mm. and this little eyelash gap. So it was just about like, I kind of started from there. And then I started to love what I was doing and creating and all the different looks that I can do. Mm-hmm. And 
just the options are endless like I've, I've always been quite an arty person anyway I would say yeah. um but just being able to create and just just see what I can do basically I yeah. would like surprise myself sometimes I'd be like oh I love this <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah it just it just all started like that and I, I think it helped it's definitely helped with my confidence as well and things like that I just love it I just think it's again it can be as slightly a security blanket but it's not something I hide behind as well yeah. like I'm fine without yeah um but it definitely helps as well. and how does it make you feel I love this question because everyone has such a different answer for it but how does like putting makeup on playing with makeup feeling the texture like how does that make you feel oh I love it yeah I love it no I think it's great I mean I feel like I enjoy doing skin the most yeah. just because like I don't have the most perfect skin but just like seeing it just all smooth out and blur mm-hmm. and I don't know it's just great I love yeah. like especially like cream products on your skin I just think they look beautiful yeah <laughs> what are some of your favorite skin products oh um they changes all the time, but mm-hmm. I love the Bobby Brown Vitamin Rich Face mm-hmm. Base. It's just oh, like yeah. my go-to Gem. at the moment. Yeah, it is. Um, makeup-wise, I love the new Dolby E Contour Stick ones. Mm-hmm. They're just creamy and blend like a dream. Um, foundation, the Too Faced Born This Way. I oh. love that foundation. I've just switched from that, and I've started using Charlotte Tilbury. I can't, it's too matte and heavy and I'm like, oh, I don't like oh. it. I love the Too Faced. It's yeah, my go-to. it's so good, isn't it? Yeah, it's like I'll... so lightweight, but it's got yeah. the right amount of coverage. I love it and it's so glowy and glossy and yeah, it is it. great. It's yeah. my favourite foundation. <laughs> I'm going back. <laughs> um, sorry, I interrupted. I got excited. <laughs> it's fine. No, 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 no. Um, I don't know if I've got any made by Mitchell blushes. Yeah. That's so good. Yeah, I can just, we're sat in, we're sat in Danny's makeup room, create a studio, and I can just imagine you, like, coming here, like, what does it feel like to come in here and you're like, I'm gonna do my thing? Yeah. It's got a good vibe in here. It's great, like, I come in one person, walk out with <laughs> like, I know, he just comes in and he's like, alright. <laughs> What's going on? Yeah. But I can just imagine you like having all of your makeup out here and like messing around with it and doing fun. Like where does your creative streak come from? I don't even know sometimes, you know. Um, I mean sometimes I get inspired by like an outfit or a hair colour for example or if I've just received some new makeup um, then just like things like that, like a, a colour will inspire us. And I'm like, oh, I've seen a new like eyeshadow shape or something like that. I mm-hmm. want to try it. Um, I mean, sometimes I definitely have moments where I have creative streaks. And then I go in with my like, my normal, my comfort kind of makeup. Yeah. Um, Just something that I know I feel good in, if you know what I mean. But yeah. I do love when I have like moments of creativeness and I have like a good solid content bank of just wild looks it's great yeah um and is that a form of like expression and like just yeah how you get your personality out there yeah I think so in a way it's kind of just like to see how far I can go with it yeah and like just stretch myself to see like how creative it can be um while still looking good at the same time (laughs) of course (laughs) but like that's regardless of like how superficial or whatever everyone wants to look good like everyone wants to feel good which I think is more important but 
part of that as being a woman more so I think is to look good and I think the two just go hand in hand you know yeah like if you feel good like if you feel good about how you look then yeah Yeah. it doesn't matter like if someone else thinks you look rubbish that's fine yeah if I look and feel good then that's great yeah (laughs) with a power walk yeah exactly (laughs) and do you think do you think makeup's helped in like confidence a little bit I can't remember if we touched on that but Mm-hmm. yeah yeah definitely I think to be fair aside from the obvious having no hair um I think one of my biggest like things I struggle with or affects my confidence a lot is my skin so it's yeah. not just about you've like got quite, you've got good skin oh I've got makeup on but I'm having a bit of a breakout at the minute <laughs> but I've struggled with acne literally all my life and like yeah. even in my 20s and stuff I'm like I'm sure I should have grown out of this by now yeah um but I hadn't like I've had to take tablets and stuff for my acne and yeah. right now it's it's okay but I yeah. have had a little bit of a breakout but oh, it was awful like I just feel so self-conscious about my skin I think just because I'm so obvious like you can spot us in a room for example like yeah. there's not many people you know as who have no hair at all so I obviously I get a lot of people staring so if my skin's bad then I feel like even more conscious yeah so I hate that but yeah makeup helps with that covering it a bit but yeah the texture and stuff is always going to be there but again that's something I'm working on confidence wise and yeah just trying to help it and do what I can for my skin to make it yeah get better (laughs) and I think like I think like the term perfectly imperfect comes to mind. Like you, mm-hmm. you know, you you seem to have fully accepted yourself in terms of an alopecia and having no hair perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's funny how you've been able to accept that, which feels like a bigger thing maybe than your skin. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I know it, it's quite surprising, isn't it? Because you yeah. think like like there's I've got such an obvious physical difference yeah more so that you probably wouldn't notice the skin yeah <laughs> but for me I'm like oh because I yeah. think because I'm so okay with having no hair now and I'm used to it now like my if my skin's bad then like for me itself it's like a huge thing yeah as opposed to like the hair because I'm used to that now like, yeah that's fine <laughs> yeah. yeah skin's a weird one and I have a lot of conversations about it, obviously, and I used to work in skincare. Mm-hmm. And it's, I guess, it's always an ongoing cycle because when you suffer from acne as, as in particular, like it does flare up and it comes and it goes and it's, yeah, it's a, it's a tricky one, isn't it? Because it, mm-hmm. it seems to be that it just starts to clear up and it starts to go away and then it comes back again and you're like, ah. Oh, uh-huh. just got over literally, this we yeah. just got over yeah, this literally. why i know like i've had such like had such a bad time with my skin and then um, um i was online with cycling um and then it's all cleared up but my body was reliant on it so every mm-hmm. time i come off it my skin would just flare up again so i was yeah. kind of reliant and i was like well is it healthy for me to just be on an antibiotic yeah like my i'm gonna become resistant to it at some point mm-hmm. um so I, I went to the dermatologist and he was like, right, well, we can give you a Roaccutane. But he was like, I need you off Lymocyclin. So I had like three months or something. And I went back and my skin was clear. Mm-hmm. And he was like, well, you're obviously lying. Yeah. <laughs> but I wasn't. Like, it's just random, like how it worked. Yeah. And it was yeah. clear for ages and ages. And then I had I put this fake tan on and it broke us out everywhere. That's and then annoying. it's just come back. And I'm like... No. <laughs> it's so annoying because you can't seem to like 
cold, like my skin is a lot better now, but I'm 31 and I think definitely in my 20s I had, I, I wouldn't say I've ever suffered with acne, but it was breakouts and then it wasn't. And sometimes I thought my skin was fine and then I'd look back at a picture and I was like, oh, I, yeah. went out, I went out like that. like yeah. da, da, da. And you do get really insecure about it because it's the first thing that people see, isn't it? It's yeah. your face. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, it's an interesting one for sure. Um, You mentioned beauty standards before, and it's also kind of a big part of why scenes of beauty is even a thing and uh, how out of reach they are. Um, And I guess maybe that's why you started or decided to be a content creator or started to throw content out there. But how... Should we talk... Should we talk... Should we talk about how... I guess challenging, your challenging beauty standards. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, just share a bit about that. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think, like, it's, it's, in a way, it's about, like, where do I fit in Mm. terms of beauty standards? Because stereotypically, I'm not that. Um, Like, growing up, there's no, like, I've not seen any models or any, like, beauty brands that have models who have no hair or anything like that. So, growing up, it was lonely, in a way, to see. Um, But I think, in a way, that is a bit of a motivation to, as to why I do what I do and challenge that as such. And I don't know, I I think it's about, like... (sighs) I suppose because people like my content, it is attracting bigger beauty brands, which mm-hmm. is good. So yeah. because it's doing well, it's kind of getting the attention and it's getting more beauty brands to take me on board, which yeah. I feel like then I can represent a bit more yeah. um, and help widen what beauty is. Yeah. Um, and I do think beauty is, it is like what makes you unique is what makes you beautiful basically yeah um and there isn't there shouldn't be like a set standard especially in the beauty community as to what is beautiful yeah. I mean it's definitely yeah. getting better um but I think seeing people like myself and like who are following things like that like people with acne yeah. who are overweight or anything like that like it's not stereotypically what people would classes be within the beauty industry yeah um but again I'm seeing a lot more creators which is great not just myself for the obvious but seeing like other beauty creators doing what they do and it's just really transforming what it should be like even yeah. recently I'd done a photo shoot with Doll Beauty so mm-hmm. a, a huge beauty brand yeah and like I'm, I'm on their website now which is crazy yeah <laughs> and I'm yeah. just thinking like yeah that's such like a huge thing like something I could have only have dreamed of yeah and like just think what that's gonna do for like little girls who were like me at six year old just getting their first wig and then they see someone on a beauty brand makeup yeah without hair and they're like oh so I can I can do that I can be within this community I'm like because that's a thing like do I belong in the beauty community? Can I yeah. do makeup because I don't look this way? Yeah. But yeah, you can, definitely. Yeah. And that's yeah. what it's all about is just expanding that and yeah, just getting myself in there somehow. <laughs> yeah. And I, I completely hear that and I completely resonate with it. And I think, you know, we all grow up and, and even now, like to be on the front of a magazine, you've got to look a certain way or tick a certain amount of boxes and that's still the same, that's not changed. So there is an element of it that still needs work, but I I completely agree with you, especially from working in industry, Mm -hmm. that 
beauty standards are being challenged and yeah. in in loads of different ways in sizes and shapes in gender um you know loads and loads of different ways and i think it is really good to see and i think you're right in that um you know people again stereotyping but women in particular um we we start to think about beauty and makeup from such a young age so i think you're so right in that you know it's nice to see like if if girls as young as six are, are looking for an answer or an out or relatability somewhere like it's so great that mm -hmm. people are now starting to talk and share and yeah. normalizing being normal yeah. like to put it bluntly exactly i know that's yeah. that it. it's about like because we all grow up feeling so self-conscious and it's because of what we see on social media what we yeah. we believe beauty should be mm. but it's just it's not about that and it's social media is so powerful and where it's getting us in terms of feeling more accepted more normal like you've said yeah. is we're getting there there's still a long yeah. way to go i'd say yeah but we're getting there i yeah i agree and i think I think working with brands is, is where it's at. And I think I had a good, really good conversation with Bex Campbell um, the other week. And we were talking about diversity and brands being diverse. And it's about, for me, it's about brands having conversations with their consumers and like yeah. people who want to feel represented, who want to feel yeah. heard and work with those people and recruit them and integrate them into the brand because that is the only way that you can express mm -hmm. that yeah. is rep that is like, organically representative i guess yeah definitely no i agree i just think like it is about and it's good to see the beauty brands are doing it like i don't know if i'm allowed to plug any <laughs> any you brands but it, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like fenty for example i yeah. feel like that was a huge like yeah 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 like she just like came into the beauty community and was like this is how it's done she's totally flipped it on its head Basically, hasn't she yeah like this is how it's done like yeah i've never seen so much diversity than fenty's page like, and it's, it's all crazy. really real like it's uh -huh, all yeah. it's not um you know i do think a lot of brands tick boxes of yeah. we have to have i've heard things like 10 percent of asian women and and i'm like huh yeah. what what huh yeah what, like you can't put people into a box like that you know yeah so yeah it is nice to see how she's done it and i hope that other brands are watching and learning you know and taking mm -hmm. things from it because I, th I do think it's you know a lot of people have sp have spoken about fenty on on this podcast and and as a highlight of their career for working with them because of what they represent you know and yeah. how they've they've started to change the game Definitely, I know. I yeah. agree. Just even the shade ranges, like yeah. crazy. <laughs> yeah, like this is how it's done. Don't yeah. do it unless you can do it like this. Yeah. <laughs> and that's it's interesting actually because we're just dig digressing a bit here, but that must be from her experiencing something. And you would think mm -hmm. that she is this perfect superstar pop model, whatever. Yeah. Um, and she's obviously felt not included in yeah. some way. Mm -hmm. Exactly, yeah. I know. And it just shows, like, she wants to, like, allow people to feel represented. Yeah. And in a way, it makes sense because the more people you can include in your brand, like, the bigger your consumer, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. reach is going to be. Yeah. Like, it just makes sense. But obviously people haven't caught on to that yet, have mm, they? No. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> it will. I don't know if it will get there, but it's definitely moving in the right direction, I see. Yeah. 
Um, what is next for you? What do you want to do next? I don't know. I feel like I'm on a good wave right now and I'm just going to ride it. Um, (laughs) But definitely continuing with all of my content creation. um, Just doing what I do, basically, and taking all opportunities as I can. um, Because it's it's going great and I absolutely love it. And, like, obviously I've got huge goals as to where I want to be and what I want to do with my life. Um, So it's just taking steps to do that. And... I feel like, I don't know, there is so many, like, opportunities that I'll keep coming up. Mm-hmm. Um, even, like, with my brows, for example, like, yeah. I want to do more like that and put my stamp on the beauty community and yeah. do my own makeup stuff. Um, but, yeah, there's a lot happening. Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. exciting, though. And I think, you know, you, you're, you're doing it at such a young age where you do have... I mean, you do at any age, but you do have, like, a lot of power to to talk and change and mm-hmm. and for a lot of brands you are their target audience and I think that speaks volumes you know when mm-hmm. you're when you do have have a big share of a community you know mm-hmm. interesting um okay so the final question that I ask everyone on the show is what is your version of beauty so um it's a great question by the way <laughs> thank you <laughs> um my version of beauty would be First and foremost is definitely from within resonates throughout, I would say. And you like if you're a beautiful person in terms of your character, what you do for yourself in the world Mm -hmm. is great. Um, But I think obviously on a physical side of things, I think I mentioned before, like what makes you unique is what makes you beautiful, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just all about embracing your uniqueness. Um, yeah. And you'll just see how beautiful you are. Yeah. <laughs> thank you. And thank you for being so open to being open and honest and sharing. Um, because it means a lot, especially to me, but to people listening as well. So thank you. Of course. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. If you like this episode, hit subscribe and leave us a review. 